so close yet so 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 actually no i'm not gonna say so 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 far away today prior to this game if you would have told me that the Browns would have a chance on their final drive in the fourth quarter, I would have been ecstatic. But the way that this game ended, I'm a bit disappointed. That said, Josh and Joe, we're back with another WFNY podcast. Browns Instant Insights. Uh, Cleveland just lost tough one to Kansas City, 22-17 to end their season. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) But what a season it was. The only thing I'm disappointed about, I think, is that the Browns just lost to Chad freaking Henny. Joe, first thoughts, go. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm feeling now too. It's it, it was a rough one to to lose to Chad freaking Henny. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I'm just gonna feel bad about. But I, I can't overall. I can't feel bad about this season. We talk about coming in. This is house money. Um, it still is. It, it's amazing how far we got. Um, but yeah, it's just, I can't, I can't believe they lost to Chad Henney. That's <laughs> if it was anybody else, man. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some of the decisions, um, today, but it, it was a, it was a rough way to end it, but it, what a heck of a season this team put together and they, they yeah. showed the fight today. If you were told me that the Browns would go 12 and six, losing the AFC divisional round in a close game to the Chiefs prior to the season, I would have been. I would have said, sign me up 100 times out of 100. And that said, we are also live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and we're presented by Evergreen Podcast. I cannot forget that part, even though I did. But yeah, I, it's tough. Looking back, there's a lot of like, hey, the Browns should have done this, or hey, Kevin Stefanski should have done this or that. But I feel like in the moment, it's hard to... Like I guess the first the first thing is that Kevin Stefanski challenged that one catch that was clearly a catch, but that's for us as a fan. He did he was not able to see the replay. Coming up on Five Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. And he didn't challenge the one that he should have the first time, which I feel like is the reason why he challenged the second one because he knew he screwed up the first time. But I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. I guess this year it's hindsight's twenty twenty one. But it's hard to. 
Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. see that as a fan and being able to see a replay compared to a head coach who isn't able to see any of that stuff and has like 10 seconds to either throw the red flag or let the play go right yeah i, I would agree i i i didn't really it was obviously a, a bad challenge overall obviously we saw what happened um but yeah if you really think about it i i i thought at first it was a bad challenge but when you really think about it just all the how quick you have to make that decision what's going through your head with the missed one earlier. Um, you can't really, you can't blame them. Um, and just in terms of decision-making, I, it, it was, it wasn't his greatest game. Uh, um, Kev St- uh, Stefanski did. Um, but that, those decisions, those ones aren't, aren't the ones that are going to kill me. It's, it's that last drive that just, just I don't I'm not sure what they were doing. Uh, the play calling was a bit off. Uh, some of those run plays and stuff, and then just punting it. I I I wonder. This is this is the question I I, I want to pose to you. Um, I just wonder if if Patrick Mahomes was on the other sideline about to go in, would he would they have punted? I, I don't think they would. Absolutely think, not. Yeah, I think Chad. They thought they could get Chad Henney and. And, <laughs> yeah, the only thing on that last drive, the Browns called timeout and then had three following the timeout. They had three very interesting play calls, which caused yeah. it to be fourth and nine. And we all know we won't talk about last year, but Freddie Kitchens probably would have ran a draw play on fourth and nine and went for it. <laughs> but in this year's time, I think even the the defense has struggled. I think Kevin Stefanski was going to lean on them to be able to stop Chad Henney. And if it wasn't for a 13-yard freaking scramble, they did just that. Whoever right. saw Chad I, – I can't even say Chad Henney. I have to say Chad freaking Henney. Chad I don't know why. Freaking Henney. Yeah. Whoever saw Chad Henney rushing for 13 and a half yards on third and 14 to even give the Chiefs a chance on fourth down to put away the game. I sure didn't. I mean, I don't know. It's a, like – like this is another one. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But I feel like he thought that the Browns' defense could do enough to stop Chad Henney and therefore give the Browns better field position. Right. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I, I think if Mahomes was ready to get back on the sideline, that that would have been a, uh, a definitely a fourth down they went for. Um, I think it still should have been a fourth down they went for. Um, you know who this defense was. Quite frankly, they, they showed Or it wasn't. Then. Yeah, right. They, they just weren't good enough all game, all year, uh, for the most part. Um, and you, you sh- I, I just, I expected that they should have gone for it. Um, just, you want to trust your best, you want to trust your best players to make the plays and the best players are on offense, uh, and Baker Mayfield. And I, I rather put the ball in his hands to make the play to get that first down rather than the defense relying on them to make a stop, which they ultimately couldn't do. And, Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, I just thought that was probably his, the worst decision of the game. Um, he made some other 
uh, questionable ones, but yeah, um, it wasn't it wasn't the best game for uh, Kevin Stefanski in his first season. Probably his worst game of the year, which is saying something. Oh, wait, 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 wait! We're talking about the Baltimore Ravens Week One debacle. That well, wasn't the, the recency bias. That wasn't his well, worst game, but it was one of his worst. Decision. How, how about this? In 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 terms of decision making, um, I thought it was probably his worst decision making game. Obviously, yeah, there's worse games, but um, just uh, but hey, it's the first year head coach. He'll learn from this. Um, he'll he'll see on the other side, Andy Reid being the best coach in the league. Hopefully, he takes a lot from this game and uh, improves. It, it's just like a player. Um, you're gonna take. You're gonna take stuff from this game. Uh, the coaches are gonna take stuff from this game, and uh, hopefully Kevin does this uh, because he's had he had a hell of a year. Um, this game should not overshadow that. Um, he was the coach of the year for a reason, and the Browns have their head coach uh, for many many years to come. Um, I, I truly believe it. He's he's a hell of a coach. Yeah, and I. I know after the game he said if it was fourth and like if it was shorter than fourth and nine, he there would have been no doubt that he went for it. I just think he was I forget where they were even on the field, maybe like the four thirty-five forty. But he was the only reason he was skeptical and the only reason he punted it was because it was fourth and nine and it wasn't shorter than that. Which I mean I get it. And in the moment in the moment you have to say, My defense has struggled all season, but they're going against Chad Henney. And I mean, they were so close. Like I said, they were so close yet so far away. Right. And that third and 14, if we would have uh, – one, I would have thought that they were going to run it, not Chad Henney running it, but right. I would have thought that they were going to run it with their running back. And so, I don't know, it just – that play summarizes the Browns' defense all season. It did. It it was a perfect summer. It's just a perfect ending to that. Well, not a perfect, but an imperfect ending to that defense's uh, performance this season. Giving up big plays to these just random players that should not have been making plays. It it, it summed it up pretty well. Um, it was pretty. It was a pretty uh, telling end of the season, um, and it shows what the Browns have to do going into this offseason. Defense, 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 and more defense. Like their offense is great, man. Uh, we'll talk about the we'll talk about Baker later, but uh, yeah, the offense is on point, ready to go next season. The defense, it's going to be uh, lots of changes this off season. Um, when was the last time we could say that the offense is good going into next season? But this off season has to be completely about the D. I, right. I, I we, usually, yeah. Usually, it's the whole roster needs a shake up. <laughs> right, and the whole front office, the whole coaching staff. Like this is this is a totally different situation they're in. It's it's a great spot that we're in because the the front office can pinpoint where they need to attack, and the defense side of the ball is where they need to attack this off season. And they have a lot of assets to do it. Um, it's it's going to be a fun off season, guys. I I really believe it's going to be a fun off season. We're going to get some really I think some top notch free agents. Uh, just excited about this future here. Um, so it's going to be a fun one, um, but obviously it's a, a tough one to lose today. But it's a great future, bright future ahead. This might be the first off season in nearly two decades that the Browns can actually get some really good free agents and not have to overpay. Right? Yeah. You just like, oh, you want the fifteenth best linebacker on the free agent market? All right, you better pay him top dollar if you want him. Right. 
Right. Yeah. It's going to be like Baker is going to be a, a place, a Baker and, and Kevin Stefanski, the culture here is going to be a place that players want to come to. Um, I think it showed just how the players loved, love being here. The ones that are here. Um, I think that's just, that's another, another thing that comes off of this season. Just the improvement of the vision across the league of this franchise. Um, it, it's a, it's a it's a fun thing to be a part of right now. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm. This is the first offseason that I've actually been like really looking forward to it. Not because the Browns have a top five pick, just because they're so close, so close and they yeah. just need like a few more pieces. And remember, even the defensively, they're going to get. Well, hopefully, they'll get Greed Williams back. They're going to get Grant Delpit back. They're going to get a healthy Miles Garrett back. Because it was clear, I mean, even today it was clear that he still wasn't 100, 100% no matter what it was. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, this offseason is going to be fun. But back to the game. 10 minutes and 45 seconds into the podcast is too long to not talk about this yet. The Rashard Higgins touchback that was. Oh my God. All the right. Worst, so we can, the worst rule in America. No, okay. So it's the worst rule in sports, probably. Yes. Yeah. But even with that, I'll I'll read you the rule for targeting in the NFL. The rule, ratified by owners in May, makes it a 15-yard penalty for a player to lower his head and use his helmet to deliver a hit on an opponent. A player is subject to a possible ejection, reviewable by replay, weird, and to a potential fine or suspension by the league for an egregious, egregious violation. All right, so if you were to see the videos or still frame or anything, the Kansas City guy didn't even use his arms. He was literally all head, and the head was complete. His eyes were facing the ground, and he right. made helmet to helmet contact with Higgins, which therefore right. caused a fumble. Right. I mean, you yeah. can say that the touchback rule is stupid, but it should yeah. have come down to that because it should have been a 15 yard right. penalty. And in a five point loss, that's a seven point touchdown. Okay. We have Cody Parkey as a kicker. That's a six point <laughs> touchdown and possibly seven. Right. Yeah. That's it's- literally a game changing call. Yeah. Or no, yeah. my bad. A game changing nine call. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. It's it, it wasn't even the rule is the rule. It, it, it is what it is. It's a dumb rule. Um, I don't understand it how a fumble on the one half inch line will you get it there, but then if it goes in the end zone, it goes to the other team and you lose the possession. It, it doesn't make any sense, but uh, the rule is the rule, and that's it's been that way for a long time now. Um, but just the head to head, yeah, it was unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe, like, he didn't even try to wrap up. Like, sometimes you'll see, you'll see both the head and the arms come with it. He didn't even, Sorensen did. It's even almost try. like he was like nose diving into a, like a pool of water where he <laughs> like had his arms behind his back and was like just head first only. Right. I, and I don't, he, yeah, I don't want to hear excuse. Like, yeah, there's, there's literally there's, no excuse. There's and no even excuse. if the refs, yeah, even if the refs miss that, how is that not reviewable? How is the fumble on that play reviewable, but a targeting call, which the NFL is, is supposed to be wait, the NFL is supposed to be all about safety, correct? So how is yeah. targeting not reviewable? And last time I checked, isn't it isn't it reviewable in college football? Like it's uh, reviewable if they call it targeting on targeting on the field. Yeah. It, they didn't call it targeting on the field, which oh, is the problem. True. But I feel like even then, it would still be like, hey, there was a possible helmet-to-helmet hit, which obviously we're trying to stop because concussions are an issue in this in football and especially in the NFL. 
maybe we should look at that and maybe we should discipline the guy that literally went helmet to helmet, which is, I mean, I don't want to bring up like that's, that's how Ryan shoot that when Ryan she's here was paralyzed, which he's obviously fighting back from it. That's the exact hit to happen. He went eyes to the ground and crown of his helmet straight into the other helmet. So I, I just found that so weird that that is not reviewable. I mean, yeah. if the rest missed on the field, they missed on the field. But the fact that it's not reviewable is like inexcusable. Right. Yeah. And it, it's it was a game changing play. The Browns might have might have been on the other side if that play uh, was actually called for what it was. Um, it just it's just a disappointing situation. Um, you got to live with it. It's gonna it's gonna be a rough. Rough one to think about for uh, for quite a while right now, um, but yeah, that's I, I couldn't believe it. It's it's going to be the talk of the NFL for next week probably, um, but it's yeah, it, it was not good. I, I I still can't believe nothing was called there. Yeah, it was great. Okay, yeah, I don't want to focus on that negativity too much, but it was just right. amazing to me that nothing, literally nothing, was called there besides the fact that they reviewed the fumble. But while we ruined the fumble, I'm sure they saw that helmet to helmet contact, but oh, no, yeah. nothing they could do about it. Yeah. That's yeah, just crazy to me. All right. So we'll go over the Browns offense. Baker Mayfield, looking at the back score, 23 for 37, 204, one touchdown, one interception. You'll be like, uh, that was an okay game. He played Stud. one heck of a game. Stud. He, he, yeah, he looked good. He was, he loved the, he kept them in it. If Baker was not the quarterback on this team, they would have been blown out of this game. He kept them in it. Uh, it he was he showed the franchise that he is their quarterback. It, it was it was awesome to watch him. Um, he was throwing pinpoint accuracy all day. Um, some of the throws in the second half were just unbelievable. That just one Austin Hooper. I mean, it was one heck of a man. What a throw! Like I know, we we talk about there. We hear all the time throwing guys open. That was throwing guys open. Like he was not open. There was no one to throw to there. He threw it open. He threw Hooper open. Hooper made an awesome catch, obviously. But that that throw was unbelievable. And just that whole the whole second half, the whole game, he was just on target. You you could tell he was he was ready for this moment, and uh, he stepped up. Um, there, he didn't get a lot of help. <laughs> quite frankly, he did not get a lot of help. Um, some of the receivers uh, let him down. Jarvis uh, to have his best game. Jarvis Landry, I'm looking at now seven catches, only 20 yards. Oh, yeah. that's ugly. How the heck yeah. do you do that? How do you not even average three yards of reception? Holy cow! Right? Yeah, it's it. It shows that we need a. The the talk can be over now, guys. We we can stop talking. We need Odell Beckham back. <laughs> this offense needs Beckham. They Wait, need but I player. thought OBJ made him worse, though, Joe. Come on. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, that's another addition. Without even what? having to do, even if the Browns don't do anything this offseason, mm-hmm. they get their corner second best cornerback, number one safety, and one of their top receivers back. Even if they literally don't do anything else. Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing what we're the position they're in. It's, it's amazing. They got there with what, with what they were missing. Like you, you just read it off. Like all those guys that they were missing. That's why after the game, if, if we were, I, I was gonna, if they were going to win this game and if I heard any talk of Patrick Mahomes missing, I would have, I would have just 
like just all the stuff the Browns have gone through, and then you're gonna. Oh, do you know? Do you know the main headline would have been Browns <laughs> win? Browns win beat right Patrick Mahomes less Chiefs absolutely yeah. especially the skip, the skip Baylesses oh, yeah. the Colin Cowards of the world yeah the yeah, Browns have to deal with so much I mean even today they're oh, without yeah. Miles Garrett they're without Jedrick Wills they lost their two so, top tackles <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> obviously losing yes. losing the, the best quarterback in the league over is more than like hurts more than any of those. But when you combine the losses, the Browns had to deal with so much and they still went 12 and six. No 12 and six this year. Yeah. 12 and six. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing what they, what the, that was the, that shows the culture. We talked about it uh, in the preview and the weeks before this, just the next man up. They fought today. They, I thought it was over quite frankly. A lot of, a lot of people did after that, that pick uh, early in the second half. Who who the if you if you asked people that moment who who would have thought that it was come down to the last second? I, I don't think many people would. Um, oh it, Baker, it, I thought you were talking about Chad Henney's pick that oh, was no, like yeah. thirty yards deep. I was saying yeah, yeah. at that moment, I thought the Browns oh, yeah. had it. Right. Yeah. No. The yeah. Right in the beginning of the second half, where it was a pick uh, by uh, Tyron Matthew. I, it, it looked bad, but this team showed again and again and again that they were fighting for everything they did this year. And um, it, it, that comes down to culture and comes down to head coaching and leadership. And that's Baker and that's Kevin Stefanski. And you, you got to give it up to those guys. They, they fought hard, man. They, they, they were right there. And what are, what are we coming in for? Coming uh, asking for? Just come down to the last minute, be in this game, and we did. And they they fought tooth and nail against the best team in the league, and we're right there to to win. Yeah, it, as the saying is, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm right. certainly not mad that they lost because, like I said yesterday, I said if the Browns are in it, if it's a one possession game in the fourth quarter, and the Browns have a chance to win. I'm satisfied. I'm just disappointed in the way that it ended because they let Chad Henney run for almost 14 yards. That's it. That's all. Right. Right. That's yeah. That's yeah. There, there's some decisions and and um, that, but yeah, that was the only thing that's gonna be ma- that's gonna be make me mad is Chad Henney beat you. <laughs> yeah. Congrats to Chad Henney for finally beating the team from Ohio, though. So kudos <laughs> to him. <laughs> Tip the cap that former Michigan Wolverine. Finally, be the team from Ohio. That was the uh, biggest moment of uh, Michigan's uh, what last decade here. <laughs> oh like. man, I hope they use that in like a recruiting pitch. Chad Henney, <laughs> Henley, finally beat a team in Ohio in the playoffs. <laughs> Come here to college. <laughs> oh, I love, I love hating on Michigan, even though we're talking about the Browns and Chiefs. It's awesome. Oh, I know. Yes, but yeah. Um, so, yeah. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they were. I would have thought that they would have a lot more. Then 101 yards on the ground, especially, I mean, obviously the game, the score, the way Kansas City went up two possessions early, that changed things. But can, one of Kansas City's biggest weaknesses was their run defense. And until like the third quarter, they didn't really do much on the ground, the Browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, I have to say that was probably the first half was probably one of Nick Chubb's worst halves I've ever seen him play. He he had what three drops or two drops? Uh, two of them were back to back, and then it was not much of anything on the ground. Um, so in the second half, he kind of he looked pissed off. Quite frankly, he looked like he was running mad. 
Um, and then in that second quarter or second half, he, he, he ran really well. Um, they needed him to step up and he did. Um, and then hunt wasn't really effective except for that one drive, uh, where he scored the touchdown, but yeah, he scored that, the touchdown, he's going to be on memes all in Kansas city. Now, why would you even do that celebration when you're losing the one where you're sleeping on the football and using it as a pillow? Like, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an okay game for them. It was just not, it, we talked about it yesterday. We needed them to have an elite game and they didn't, they didn't have it. Um, they were good, but not great. Um, they needed great, uh, especially early on. They got down early and just couldn't, couldn't get back out of it. Yeah. And checking out the Facebook comments, Herbert Taylor said, please don't bring Odell Beckham back. Sorry, Herbert, but it's most likely going to happen. He's the clear, Imagine this wide receiver group with Jarvis, OBJ, DPJ. I mean, oh, and then I'm totally forgetting Rashard Higgins. You have right. four very, and then that's not even counting Hodge. You have four very solid wide receivers, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we'll talk about the offseason and the draft at a later time. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns take a wide receiver because this wide receiver group is loaded in the draft. If they take one of those guys, too, just to have like a rookie on a shorter or not a shorter, a smaller contract because Jarvis and OBJ, those contracts are a lot. I'm sure they're not going to both stay around for all of it, but that conversation is for another day. Um, But yeah, if you add OBJ to this group, especially with Baker playing the way he did, that is one heck of a passing group. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not gonna hear me say we trade OBJ. I I'm always gonna be in this corner. You you don't you don't trade away guys like that with that talent. Um, it just so happened that his the turnaround came when he left. It, it just so happened. It, I it was just the offense starting to click. It, it had nothing to do with him. I promise you that. It has nothing to do with OBJ not being here. Um, the offense just cl- started to click because Baker was getting more confident. The offense was gelling. It, it, that that's all it is. I I, I truly believe that. Um, and we'll see it next year when they can implement him in the offense with a uh, with a great Baker Mayfield. It's it's gonna be fun. Um, but yeah. that's that's for later times. And the wide receivers are not only loaded, but the tight ends, as they proved today, Austin Hooper. Obviously, we know how much money he got. He was. And besides that one huge catch, obviously that's probably the biggest catch of the game. Two catches, 16 yards. Who had one heck of a game? Shout out requested, to David Requested a trade. If you would have told me after he requested a trade in the offseason that he would be the Browns' top receiver in the AFC Division Round playoff game, I would have said that you were one complete liar. Shout out to David Janoku. He had, he was, I have to say, he was probably the best pass catcher in the game. Like he was the most consistent, he was the most reliable for Baker. He made some huge catches. Um, it, it, he had a hell of a game. Just a great game to step up. Um, he's always been a good blocker this season, uh, but he he added the pass catching today, and he was he just stepped up huge. Um, he 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 shut up everybody, <laughs> everyone who talked talked about him, uh, like his drops and stuff. He stepped up and was one of the biggest guys to. He was one of the guys that that keep him in it. Quite frankly, uh, early on, he was the guy that kept him in it early on. Honestly, yeah. yeah. And yeah. checking on Facebook, Brandon Natalia told us to give a shout out to 
Njoku for the way. He, I mean, he deserves all the credit today. Because if it wasn't for David Njoku, the game probably wouldn't have been close. No, yeah, he made. Yeah, he he made that big. Uh, I think it was it was like twenty yards or something like that. He made that big catch uh, to extend the drive. He 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 made so many big catches. Got a lot of first downs. It, it was it was awesome to see him. Um, hopefully. Hopefully he sticks around next year. They can they can utilize that even more because I, I feel like that's a that's a area of his game that they did not use uh, him very well. I think he he's just a he can be a playmaker in the in the offense, and I, I I truly believe it. Hopefully they can see off of this game that he can be that next year. Yeah, I mean it's weird to say for a Browns team, but you can all say that they have too many weapons. They have two <laughs> running backs. Four legitimate wide receivers if OBJ is healthy. And that's not even counting Hodge, who was clearly like a good role guy, but he's depth. Three legitimate tight ends. I mean, you can't really have too many skill players, especially in the league where there's so many injuries. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot. And the Brown, that's what I'm excited to see with a full offseason, with a full training camp. Hopefully the a regular preseason. Hopefully this COVID stuff is well, I'm sure it won't be over, but I'm sure we'll be a lot better off than this past offseason. Because you have to remember, like we talked about Sarah or yesterday, the Browns didn't have a preseason and they still went twelve and six this year. Right. That's the truly amazing part of the season. So many things went against them. Uh, just the last three weeks, the four weeks, how many things have gone away against them. But they kept fighting, fighting through all this adversity and uh, that shows the culture and it, it's uh, awesome to see that a Browns uh, franchise have culture that they can rely on to win games. Like that culture wins games for you. It, it, it does. Like when, when you aren't afraid to, to step up in someone's absence, when you aren't afraid to go down early, when you know that you have confidence in your fellow teammates, it's huge, and uh, we show it showed this year how much is, how much important it is. And I know, as we alluded to yesterday during our preview podcast, Scott wrote a good piece on the Browns culture. But culture not only helps you win games, but it also helps you bring players in to help you win games. No one wanted to come to the Browns in their own sixteen, and when they had no culture, um. But now, I mean, I'm sure not every player wants to come to the Browns, but who wouldn't want to come join this team? Who wouldn't want to come join Baker Mayfield? Who wouldn't want to come join Kevin Stefanski and what he's doing here? I mean, seriously, when was the last time we could ever say that? Who wouldn't want to come join this team? Seriously. Right, yeah. It's going to be a destination that players are going to are gonna be uh, looking forward to going to. Um, it's, it's, it's just an amazing turnaround in one season that this franchise has done. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, from Owen 16, three years ago to one drive from one Chad Henney, 13 yard rush away from the AFC title game. Cause yeah. I truly believe that if the Browns stop in there, Baker Mayfield submits that he wants a lifetime contract in Cleveland and he wins the game for the Browns. At least that's my imagination. <laughs> the way he was playing, I wouldn't doubt him. I, I simply would not have doubted him. Um, he was he was playing a hell of a game. He was matching Patrick Holmes step by step, and um, when he was in there, it was it was an awesome matchup of two of the young best stars in the league. And it, it's fun that the Browns have one of those stars. 
That's that's just so weird. The Browns have one of the stars in the league. Right. And I feel like this is another offseason podcast that we can do. But the number of players that deserve to read that deserve extensions in Cleveland, even without right. thinking about it, Baker Mayfield, Richard Higgins, Miles Garrett already got his, Denzel Ward, Jason, uh, not JC Treader, uh, Wyatt Teller. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. Literally, that's literally five, and that's without even like really thinking about it. Right. So it's interesting to see soon. Yeah. It'll come up like how much money should the Browns give these guys? When was the last time we can discuss how much money we should give to a quarterback, to a running back, to a right, to a guard, to a cornerback? I mean, to have right. these problems, I mean, you could say, oh, but salary cap, blah, blah, blah. Just to have these problems shows that you're a legitimate NFL franchise again. Right. This is winning team problems. <laughs> well, this is, the Browns have not had problems with their cap. In years, oh, yeah, because that's what happens right. when you give up on a guy three years right. into his contract, right? They never had to spend quarterback big money, quarterback money. Um, it was wait, in it, all seriousness, when was the last time the Browns re signed their quarterback that they drafted? I would love to look that up. I, I don't think it's been since 99. I couldn't answer that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I literally could not answer you. I honestly, I'd love to see that, which shows. So, like, you can say Baker deserves this amount of money. Baker doesn't deserve this amount of money. The fact that we're even having that conversation shows you where we're at as a franchise. Right. Yeah. It's a it's amazing step that they did in one season, literally one season. This this organization turned it around in one season. We talk about it all, all. We talked about how many times over the past decade or so we see these teams turning around in a year or turning around in two years. This team was one of them this year. Now it's finally, we finally saw the clean Browns turn around in one year. And that was because of Kevin Stefanski and uh, Andrew Barry. It's, it's amazing that what culture, what leadership does to an organization and let's be honest, looking at what's going on in Houston with the Texans, that used to be the Browns. Right. But seeing that from the if in case you don't know, Deshaun Watson is basically gonna demand a trade this offseason. I think that's pretty evident. That always used to be the Browns. Right. These like the Browns like in the wise words or the dumb words of Juju Smith Schuster, that was the Browns is the Browns. The Browns isn't the Browns anymore. They're a legitimate yeah. franchise that is gonna hopefully do what's right going forward and not screw over a star quarterback like Houston is doing with Deshaun Watson and trade away as number one wide receiver. But that's beside the point. And one more shout out. We can, I, uh, this guy took, this guy took so much heat over the past, what decade or so he's been here. Jimmy Haslam deserved credit. Like he, he deserves credit. He finally figured out that alignment culture matters and he he never he didn't get that he, he he got oh let's get in these big name uh front office guys um these hot court uh coaches like freddie kitchens and stuff like that he showed that he he learned and it's important to learn um he learned that alignment matters uh culture matters and that's why getting kevin stefanski then getting andrew Berry that so perfectly together was just so huge. So shout out to Jimmy Haslam. He he had a rough start to his uh, tenure here, 
a rough start, um, but he he showed this year that he I think hopefully he, he seemed to have figured it out um, because we haven't heard about him. He seems to have yeah. gone. He's gone just, back. He's gone back to the shadows. Yeah. If there's there's three positions where if you don't hear about him in the NFL, that means they're doing a very good job. Offensive line. Okay, my bad. Only two positions. Offensive line is a group and the owner. When was the last time we ever said, I mean, unless it was like Wyatt Teller dominating, right. when was the last time we ever brought up the offensive line? Right. Yeah. And that said, yeah. when was the last time we ever brought up Jimmy Haslam? It's been all season. If you're not right. talking about the owner, that's very good news. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, he, he showed that he, he, he was going to step away and let them do it. And that's how older, that's how good owners do it. Um, you never hear, when have you ever heard from Pittsburgh's owner or Baltimore's owner? You never do. And they never talk. They they let their guys. They why do you have to bring up Baltimore Ravens owner into this show? <laughs> That's true. Well, the new owner now. Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, I'm just <laughs> yeah, clarifying you. Browns fans might be pretty happy today until you just brought the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens owner. <laughs> the the current owner. I'll clarify the current owner. But yeah, it's 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 a great position that they're in. It, it shows that people are learning um, and 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 fixing their problems that they've been uh, doing for so many years here. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing this development that's in this uh, franchise. Yeah, it's almost like people have a set position and they're sticking to it. It's not like anyone is stepping on anyone else's toes. And when, like I've said numerous times already this podcast when, when was the last time we could say that usually it's like oh the gm wants to pick this okay. guy in the draft or wants to sign this guy but the head coach doesn't want him and then it happens or doesn't happen so then one of them's angry and then there's a rift and then that slowly takes down the team it's just so nice to see it all align it's awesome yeah yeah it's amazing um it's it's a fun fun time to be in cleveland i, I it just this offseason is going to be fun, guys. It's I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, I mean, as you can see, the Browns just lost to the Chiefs 22-17, and Joe and I are both happy. I mean, we didn't really even talk about the game. And Joe's dogs are even happy. My dogs too. are crazy, too. <laughs> but seriously, guys, we'll be on here. Obviously, this is the last post-game podcast until next fall. But with how exciting this offseason is going to be, we'll be on here. Plenty of times. Yeah, plenty. Especially ahead of, man, this is the first time we can actually talk about the NFL draft. Number 26. We're number 26. Oh, do we have the 26th pick? We are 26th pick. When was the last time the Browns had the 25th pick or later is the real question. (laughs) That's true. I know. Yeah, it's going to be a fun offseason. I I can't wait. It was a tough way to end, but what a season. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like I said, the only thing I can complain about is that the Browns just let Chad Henney beat him. But besides that, it's tough to complain about anything that the Browns did this season. Yeah, amen. So, (laughs) yeah, go Browns. It's going to be one heck of an offseason. And this might be cliche, but we are waiting for next year. Right. Hey, go Bills Mafia. Oh, yeah, go Bills. I'm all about the Bills now. Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. Yeah, I might you know what we might get on a podcast next Sunday just to jump through a table on live podcast. <laughs> For the next what three weeks, we are Bills Mafia. Yeah, That's absolutely. Cool. But yeah, go <laughs> always go Browns, but this time go Bills. And we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. 
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.